This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Rhett Gillins. He's in the restaurant industry and he feels stuck. He wants to start his own software business. So congratulations, Rhett, for your guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday morning. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now in order to enter and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you subscribe. Coming up tomorrow morning, Top Tribe, you're going to learn from Gina Tost. And I basically said, no one is talking about this multi-million dollar tech company that she's built in Barcelona. It's unbelievable. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning this morning. You're going to enjoy our guest. His name is Michael Slavin, and he's the author of One Million in the Bank. He has held positions as CEO of an oil exploration company, CEO of a title company, M&A consultant, salesman, and commander of two Army aviation units. Michael is a 1975 graduate of West Point and lives in Houston, Texas. Michael, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. First things first, thank you for your service. We appreciate it. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Good. How many years did you do that? Uh, 10 years I was in the Army. 10 years. Wow. Well, hey, thank you again. Let's jump right into the book. You know, Michael, people always tell me, they go, Nathan, you don't write a book. It takes a lot of time. You lose a lot of money. It's never worth it to write a book. Why did you decide to write the book, One Million in the Bank? I decided to write the book because I wanted to give back when I, I love the military and I was in for 10 years recruited out. And when they recruited me out, the folks that brought me out didn't quite treat me right. And I was on the street. So I struggled badly for seven years, lost everything, uh, bankrupt, foreclosure, the whole nine yards. I just, I knew I could do anything, but I just didn't quite know how. And finally, I started my own company uh, after those seven years. And three and a half years later, I had my first million dollars in the bank. And so how did you get that first million dollars? The first million dollars was, um, well, first of all, I didn't like the company I was with again. Which was who? Um, they're no longer around. It really okay. doesn't matter. But uh, they were it's an oil and gas company. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a much smaller company. All right. But... Uh, <clears throat> I didn't like the way they were doing business. I wrote a business plan over the weekend. And in the next week and a half, I raised $203,000. And that was from four people. They weren't friends or family. They were business acquaintances. And one was a complete stranger. I didn't even know a week before. I met him at a gas station, told him what I was doing. And he gave me $60,000 and about a week later. And I talk about that later in my Undiscovered Investors. But I raised that money, started my own company. And three and a half years later, I had the million dollars. What was, was the name of the company and what was it? What did it do? My company was U.S. Emerald Energy and it's still around. Mm -hmm. U.S. Emerald Energy is an oil and gas exploration company, but we really uh, bring investors together with uh, the best deals we can possibly find. I did go through a phase where for seven years I had a operating company, which was an extreme headache. Uh, you know, I had a staff of about 40 people, geologists, geophysicists, um, land people. Very difficult to work with people uh, to get their leases and to keep them happy. But 
that was a headache. I raised uh, about $4 million to do that. And about seven years later, I had $4 million. So I just shut that back down. But Emerald is a company I've had for over 23 years now. And, and uh, how does it make good. money? You know, it makes money. Um, like by, specifically? Yeah, it brings people into the deals. We what keep deal? a piece into an oil and gas drilling program. What does that mean? Like, I understand what that means. Uh, you give me twenty five, fifty thousand, whatever you want to participate in. You've just bought a little piece of an oil well that we've researched and leased and we're ready to go drill. We go drill the well. You get a hundred percent tax write off. Once the well is flowing, you start getting checks every month off of the well. If it flows, of course. What's no, your hit rate? Uh, we have hit about, well, there's two stages in my company. The first stage, uh, I was doing very wild uh, stuff, which I really was on the learning curve myself. And we probably hit about 30% of those. But I switched over about 10 years into my company. I started doing wells only with uh, what's called PUD, proved undeveloped, and only with 3D. And our hit rate went up to about 85 to 90% after that. And on average, for average one of these wells, how much would you raise from all the investors going in? And then what would it actually cost you to drill the well? Oh, we would raise anywhere from uh, a few hundred thousand to a million dollars. And we never had 100% of a well. We'd only have a piece of the well. And uh, that would pay for all the drilling. And we turnkeyed the completion. So we assumed all the risk and the overrun stuff. But, um, you know, we'd make about 20% there, but then where we really made our money is off the pieces of the wells that we owned ourselves or put our money into those. Every time we had a joint venture, we also bought a piece of the well for our own account and were on for, along for the ride with our own money. And how do you, help me understand how you buy a piece of the well. Is this like Exxon owns it and they're looking for private companies to go in with them or what? Well, Exxon would never do it. There are tons of smaller companies. And when I say smaller, I, I guess they're, they're, pretty large. They may own 50, 60, 150 wells and or more. And they may be revenue of, uh, you know, 30, 40, 100 million a year, but they're smaller. And they're always looking for partners because almost everybody in the business, except the huge guys, you know, they're looking to bring partners in to offset the, uh, the risk. If so what's it cost to drill a well? Depends on the kind of well you're drilling. I mean, you can drill a tiny little well that's, you know, just very shallow with no pressure for a million bucks or so. And, uh, of course, the huge wells offshore and stuff can be just multi-millions, you know, $30 million and that kind of thing. And so, so tell me just real quick, because this will be kind of fun. What's the biggest... What's the biggest loss you took? So the one, the well that you raised the most for and it turned up nothing. I know this is like the low point, but I'm curious. No, I mean, uh, if you have a dry hole, you lose it all. So, so what was you your know, biggest I, loss? I guess about one point two. Okay, on one on one drilling. Oh yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, cool, very good. So you made your first million, and you decide to write the book. Why not just keep making a bunch of money on oil? Why why pause to write a book? Well, I've done very well. I mean, I have everything I need, everything I want, you know. And um, I guess about two and a half years ago, I really wanted to get back and. The long version of this is I started writing a book about goal setting and all the stuff everybody knows. And it just, it wasn't unique. It wasn't special. I, I just couldn't find the right focus. My son, who's brilliant, uh, he looked at it and he said, it's not very good. <laughs> you need stories. <laughs> and he was, he really was a little more blunt, but he loves me dearly. And uh, so I, I went out looking for a story. And the first story I found was Frank Nunez. Frank Nunez came here when he was 16 years old. He uh, came across the river. He was illegal. 
Uh, he never did anything but yard work. He was 35 years old. Uh, after only making minimum wage his entire life, English is a second language, no education. I mean, you couldn't have more things stacked against you. You're talking he, Mexico-U.S. border, right? Yeah, that's right. And he went in to pick up plants for his boss. He had to go pick up some plants at a little nursery. And the guy at the nursery said, how would you like to buy this? And he laughed. And the nursery guy said, I'm dead serious. I got to move. You can have it for $25,000. That seemed like a number maybe he could find. And so he ran home immediately. Every person he knew, family member, one person gave him $20, and he kept track of that. But he came in the next day with $15,000 in a paper bag, and the guy said, that's good. You can have it. He'd really bought a pig in a poke. It was going to run out of money. The nursery was in just 30 or 45 days. But he had a different mindset. He's a business owner now. And if we just jump a little bit ahead, seven years later, it was worth $9 million. I just talked to Frank about uh, two weeks ago. He got another offer for fourteen million. He doesn't plan to sell. He's and just it's, very and it's happy. March and it's March twenty sixteen. Just for context, so so the book is filled with stories like this. Help us understand because a lot of our listeners, you know, we've had some of the best. I mean, the really the best authors on the podcast, folks like Bob Burr, who have sold one point five million books, and others who have done less in book sales, but they then pair that on the back of business success, which is like what you've done. So help us understand more about how the book did. So it's called obviously One Million in the Bank. Did you self-publish it or did you work with somebody else? I self-published it. I did it all myself. Took me two and a half years. Okay. Do you regret that? Would you do differently? No, not at all. And, and but, you but were, I learned so much. It's not going to take two and a half years to do the next one. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. So did you, did you, so there, obviously there was no royalty there because there was no, uh, there were, you self-published it, right? No, that's right. There's no royalty. And so how did you drive sales? I mean, Amazon or... Well, I'm driving sales every which way I can. Uh, you know, I haven't sold a million copies yet. I've sold, I guess, the first month was 80 some, 88, and then uh, went up to about 150 and 200, and now I'm at about 250, and I'm about three or four months into my sales. And uh, it's just, it's a learn as you go type of thing. So, total, total, so what, what day did the book launch? I launched uh, end of October. Okay, October 2015, right? Right. Okay. And so how many has it sold up through uh, February 2016? Oh, I think I sold about uh, maybe 1,500 books. Okay. Got it. And what is the listing price? Uh, it was seventeen ninety nine, and they're selling it for sixteen nineteen, and I make about $7 a book. Oh, interesting. Wait. So so walk me through that. I, I thought you said you didn't have a publisher. Why don't you get all the margin? Oh, well, you know, somebody has to, uh, Amazon, that's what Amazon takes. You know, it's on Amazon. Amazon takes her little piece for their marketing and there's a cost to print the book. That's about $3 or something. Okay. So, so that's where that money goes. Okay. So the cost of goods sold is $3. Amazon takes how much of the $18? Uh, I guess they take about a dollar and a half. Okay. Dollar and a half. So we're at $4 uh, and five cent or sorry, $4 and 50 cent cost out of an $18 book. Where's the rest of the money go? Me. Okay. I thought you said you only make seven bucks. Oh, um, if Amazon sells it, they take a bigger chunk. If I sell it at the back of a, um, one of my speeches or something, then I make um, about $14 or so on it. Okay. Well, I thought you just said Amazon takes $1.50. If Amazon... Oh, I got my stories confused. Amazon, when they sell a book, I make $7. And when I sell it myself, there's about a $4 cost. So I make the uh, the difference on that cost. 
Okay, I'm not following on the Amazon model how you're making the money. So let's walk down. 18 bucks is what it's listed for on Amazon. You said you make $7 on that. So there's $11 of cost in there. How is that $11 of cost split up? It all goes to Amazon through marketing and the cost of the book. Got I, it. Yeah, that's where it goes. Got it. Okay. And that's if you use Amazon. Now, if you do it yourself, you said that it's a little bit different. If I sell it myself? Yep. It's yeah, eight. the only cost in is that that minimal cost of printing the book and a small mark. I guess they take for distribution. So that's like four bucks, right? Yeah, that's right. So you're cranky. You're making out fourteen bucks per book on that. That's right. Now you've done really well in oil. You people can do the math. You know, seven dollar margin on Amazon, fourteen dollar oh, yeah. margin. Right? I'm making a living you, on my book. You're, yeah, you're not making a living <laughs> off the book. So, so you wrote it. You wrote it obviously for other reasons. Help us understand some of the other ways you're making money from your book. Are you speaking things like that? Well, honestly, you know, the, the book, when I first wrote the book, I told everybody, if I don't make a dime, it's fine, because I'm trying to get a message out. And um, the book's always been a side project for me. It's sort of morphing slightly because, uh, you know, I'm getting lots of offers to come talk. I'm not getting any paid offers yet, but everybody wants to hear the story. Everybody loves the story. The local universities made me an adjunct professor because they love my book so much. They want to include it in the curriculum. So I see this really, if this is ever going to be something to make me any money, it's probably going to be a slow process for me. It may take me a couple of years for this to make, you know, I'm thinking it may make me a few hundred thousand or so in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that I have no financial needs, really, you know, that's great because it just, it's, you know, it's a little money that I can yeah. play there, with or whatever there I was like There was no advance on this either, right? Because again, you self-published. That's correct. No okay. advance. And what about, did you end up, did you decide to do an audiobook or not? I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. And, and how is that doing? You know, audiobooks are, I don't know about everybody. My experience is the audiobooks go very slow. Um, you know, I just I haven't sold hardly any audiobooks. And uh, if you ask me later about my favorite book, I'm going to tell you it's Accidental Genius with Mark Levy. And Mark shared with me that um, he thinks he sold maybe three audiobooks, which I'm sure is exaggerating. But it's a whole different thing. In the yeah. audiobooks, you don't make hardly any money because they will not let you set your price. They set the price for you. And it's pretty much not on how good your book is. It's just how long it is. It's just, you know, it's a horrible way to decide value on the book. So an uh, audiobook, I probably make 4 to $5 on, and I don't know where the money goes. And I did, mean, you, they, did, you, did you write the book uh, directly, or did you have a ghostwriter? I wrote the book. And then I had a ghostwriter come in and clean it up for me. Okay. And what about a co-author? No. Okay. Got it. I wrote the book. Got it. Very cool. And, uh, and number, how, about how long was it? About how many pages? I think it's about 220 pages. 220 pages. Interesting. Okay. So you're, I mean, again, walk me through like yesterday, most of your day, are you spending it on like trying to find paid speaking gigs for the book? Or are you spending on managing the oil company? Are you spending on investing? What are you spending most of your time on? Uh, you know, I shut, I'm, I'm in the process of selling my oil company because my wife has Parkinson's uh -huh. and her condition takes a lot of time. So quite frankly, I spend most of my time taking Your care wife. of my wife. And then when I have time, you know, I'll spend a little, I don't spend any time on the oil company anymore. It's on automatic mostly. And it's, I'm getting ready to probably sell it. So I don't spend any time on my oil company. So most of my time uh, right now is uh, my wife and I, when I have some time, I'm working on my next book. When I have an hour or two, I'll make a few phone calls out to look for a speaking engagement. Uh, it's, some of it's coming to me. This interview came to me. 
Uh, I just got off another interview that somebody called me and said they'd heard my interview and sounded good. Would I do one for them? So things are sort of coming to me. I'm not really busting uh, my how did, we, how did we? How did we get connected again? Do you remember? Uh, Nova Spivak. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Who, who is the son of Peter Drucker, I believe, correct? Or nee, nephew. I think that's correct. Yeah, nephew. And I don't personally know Nova. My son is a venture capitalist, has his own venture capital firm, and they're dealing together. And through that connection, Nova knew of my book and was impressed uh, with it, and he sort of passed that on to you. Very good. Very good. Well, yeah, we're looking forward to having them on the show as well. Wait, Michael, before we get into my favorite part of the show, if people want to connect to you personally online, where can they do that? At... Uh, one million in the bank.com. One, I love that title, by the way. One million in the bank.com. There you guys have it. Can I say something first? Please. The message of the book is so important. Uh, there's only three things you need to know. You don't need a new and innovative idea. Tons of everyday tried and true businesses make millionaires every single day. You don't need your own money. There are tons of undiscovered investors, not venture capitalists and, and folks like that. But everyday people you meet at the gas station, the grocery store, they can write a check for twenty-five to 50000 And there's lots of free help with mentors and counselors, uh, free or cheap classes, SBDC, SCORE, Women's Business Center, Veterans Office of Business Development. And then once you do get into business, there are things like the uh, Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Initiative, which is absolutely great. They will take it's free. It's like 10 modules. You get all kinds of uh, help. Uh, they help you get funding. Uh, but you have been in business two years, four employees, and revenue of 150000 So my book and all these case studies I've done, I just feel so confident almost anybody can make a million dollars in three to seven years if they just use the assets available to them. That's my message. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Well, Michael, it's a good message. And look, you've lived it from serving 10 years in the military, dropping out, losing everything, starting from scratch and now having a lot of success. Folks, we're going to link to all this in Michael's show notes at NathanLacka.com forward slash the top 237. Again, that is the top podcast, NathanLacka.com forward slash the top 237. All right, Michael, we're about to get into my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's next? Yes, I do. What time is it? Come on. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's uh, the five question time. <laughs> it's close enough. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Number one, Michael, what's your favorite business book? As I mentioned, it's Accidental Genius by Mark Levy. And I actually, I love this book. I listened to it five or six times on audio. I've read it a couple of times, highlighted it. 
And what's so great about the book is he discusses freestyle writing to solve business problems, to get innovative ideas. And uh, one of his techniques, which I do, I still love doing it, is I put a headset on and I get some uh, speech recognition software and you just put your mind and well, think of the problem and then just let your mind go. Stop thinking about it and get two or three pages of stuff and go back and see what you got. I, I love the book. Love that, Michael. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? You know, I really don't follow CEOs closely, but in anticipation of this question, I will say I love to read Paul Graham's essays. Not a CEO anymore, but he was. Founder, I'm sure you know, of Y Combinator. I just love his essays. They're, they're very rich, insightful, and he says some good stuff. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like Evernote? You know, it's not too sexy, but I love Dropbox. <laughs> that's pretty sexy, Michael. For an oil and gas and army guy, that's pretty sexy. All right. Next question, number four. Michael, as you're working on your book, as you're supporting your wife and your family, yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? You know, um, I used to, but my wife with Parkinson's, it's very difficult for her. And we will get and we'll stay in bed seven or eight hours. But, you know, she'll wake up, be very uncomfortable every couple of hours. So I'm up about every two hours every night and fortunately i can fall asleep real quickly i can even sleep on the back of a tank in the rain so it's pretty easy for me to go right back to sleep last question michael how old are you right now and then i'm 62 okay take us back what would that be take us back 42 years what do you wish your 20 year old self knew yeah i don't think anybody is going to be able to use this but when i was 20 i was a senior at west point that was 1974 75 and I was very focused on my military career. It's all I wanted to do. Um, and our technical uh, computer training was absolutely state of the art. And I remember working on the mainframe and my punch cards and doing simple programs. But I wish I had told myself to pay attention and learn everything I could about technologies that developed. Um, I wish I'd known then the role a computer is going to have today so I could have really spent time studying that stuff while I was pursuing my career in the military. Top tribe. There you have it from Michael Slavin. He started from nothing, entered the army, served for over 10 years, which we're so thankful for, lost it all, built up his oil company from scratch, now having a lot of success with his book. Michael, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. Have a great day. If you guys enjoyed Michael today, go back and listen to yesterday, where we break down the clever way a 26-year-old is making 128 grand of profit per month. Profit, not revenue. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.